0: From MediaCorp and and Up Media, this is Post Love. Essays on love, life, and everything in between. Maybe it's not marriage. Maybe it's love. I just hope that someday someone would love me. Well, because I've only loved one man. Love them all. I've got a hunch I'm never going to feel no other kind of love. stayed till death do us part so how do you make a long distance relationship work it's the first thing people ask whenever they learn that I married a Norwegian girl mind you I hate this question and yet I completely understand why they ask you see I come from Santa Rosa Philippines while my partner V hails from Saabsborg Norway we're 9700 kilometers apart we met during choir practice in Singapore, then became housemates, and things just sort of organically evolved from there. After dating for a year or two, we faced some serious decisions about our future. I had just finished my national service and was finding it difficult to secure a university admission in Singapore. I began to consider the Philippines as an alternative, confident I'd easily get a placement there. On the other hand, V contemplated relocating to Norway in search of a steadier support system and career prospects. It's under this circumstance that we got married. And whenever I recounted to my friends, most would find it hilarious. It happened one evening, as we sat side by side in our shared apartment, engrossed in a 3DS game. I had assumed it was just another casual gaming night. But then V turned to me and unexpectedly proposed, Hey. Should we get married? At first, I barely registered her question. Then I did a double take. Wait, what? You heard me? Huh? On the off chance that she was serious, I decided to place the 3DS down. You're serious? Yeah. To be honest, I couldn't imagine this scenario. Just a year ago, I was stuck in an army bunk full of desperate boys And now I'm being proposed to by a girl? Many thoughts crossed my mind. But what struck me most was how sure V seemed about us. To any observer, V was the one who settled while I was always reaching beyond my grasp. But now, V was asking me to marry her? My response had to be Yes, absolutely, without a doubt. I felt like the luckiest reacher alive. Later, when faced with the reality of waiting at least four years for my graduation in the Philippines while V worked in Norway, I was optimistic that the time would fly by quickly. Regardless of any challenges, till death do us part. I thought. But man, it was tough. Our first year was all about trial and error, figuring out what worked and what didn't. Everything from remote Netflix sessions, to gaming, to video calls. I learned that there was no template for making a long-distance relationship work. But the second year presented even tougher challenges, not because of communication issues, but because our lives took unexpected turns. We had hoped for stability, Yet she struggled to find a steady job. As for me, my undergraduate studies felt hollow. I didn't feel like I was learning anything helpful and instead learned more off the web. We decided that if the next three years would give me a useless degree, I might as well start my career early and decided to head back to Singapore to seek employment. At the time, V seemed to agree with me. She expressed some concerns, but by and large, she agreed. That's when things finally began looking up for us. I landed a job in furniture assembly and woodworking, an area I was truly passionate about. Simultaneously, V secured a position within a Writers' Association. Before we left, I often told V that it'd be cool if I could fly over to Norway and build a house for us to stay. A joke at most, that now seemed more like a reality. And together, we resolved to work hard, carving out the promised future for ourselves. I still love you Looking for the future Will be hard on both V and Jack If you find their story Meaningful so far Do consider giving us A five star review It'll really help the podcast Oh Seems like things are Looking up for Jack and V Fast forward another year Both of us were in a Much more stable position Than before My friends often remarked on my newfound confidence. Some even referred to my relationship with V as the ideal marriage, where both partners were always ready to make sacrifices for one another. It was perhaps the best part of our long-distance ordeal so far, but then I became careless. The incident occurred towards the close of the year, during a corporate event. "'Happy New Year!' my colleagues shouted, raising their glasses as we uncorked the champagne. The party was exuberant. There was an abundance of food and drink. When it wrapped up, our boss departed early, leaving me with the task of cleaning. I decided to take a few bottles home thinking it was a small consolation for having to deal with the aftermath of the party. Apparently, my actions also posed a problem for the accounting department. When questions arose, I casually admitted. Yes, I took it home. right the accounting team seemed wary, responding, Can you bring it back? Actually, I finished it. But okay, I realised I made a mistake. Just deduct the amount for my salary. But it wasn't that simple. What seemed like a minor issue quickly spiralled into a debate about my ethics, integrity and ultimately, my future at the company. The fallout was rapid and harsh I was dismissed within a week. This setback was devastating and deeply humiliating. Desperate for support, I reached out to V, begging for a video call that night. The screen flickered to life, and V's face filled my view. She seemed a little preoccupied, but I didn't mind. It was 3pm in Norway. I told my boss I've an urgent call to make till 3.30pm. You sounded really urgent on the text, Jack. What's up? I... I got fired. I could tell on the screen that I had her full attention. She blinked, taking a moment to process my words. Fired? Why? The weight on my chest grew heavier. Remember the New Year's party at the company? I... I took some of the leftover liquor home after the party. And when accounting brought it up, I admitted to it. I offered to pay for it, but it escalated. Within a week, I was out. Jack. V finally spoke. Why did you do it? I just. I was so happy that night. And it seemed harmless. Everyone does this all the time. I mean, it was leftover. And I had put in so much effort in cleaning everything up. Again, no reply. Her eyes darted around. She does this sometimes when she's nervous on screen. Okay, let's talk later. I've got to go. It's still working hours for me. But I'll drop you a call again. I promise. I know it's tough, babe. But I really got to go. Yeah, I understand. In hindsight that call was probably a far better reflection of how things actually were between us. V began retreating, becoming more and more distant, while I grew increasingly desperate for a response from her. All I needed was her reassurance, but it never came. Every time our conversations approached a sensitive topic, she would abruptly change course or end a call. Then one day, she would be the one to ask for a call. Which was unusual for her. V, what's going on? Hi, how's your day? Actually, some good news. I've been applying for jobs and one of them responded positively. I think our plans might only be delayed by a month. V interrupted, her voice trembling. I'm sorry, I. I just. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's okay. What's going on? Is everything okay? Jack, I want a divorce. Growing up, I watched countless movies. I distinctly recall that whenever a pivotal moment like this occurred, characters would become immediately overwhelmed with emotion. They might break down, plead for understanding, or lash out at their surroundings. Yet, in that instant, I felt strangely numb. I could sense my own tremors and all I managed to say was What about our wedding vows? Till death do us part? I'm sorry. The numbness lingered as I stared blankly into the empty Zoom call wondering if I should perhaps break a mouse or a keyboard just to feel something. Instead, I decided to reach out to my friends seeing if they were up for a drink tonight. That night, We met at Nectars and Vine. I arrived early, hoping to catch the happy hour deals. By the time I finished my first pint, my friends had arrived, all anticipating a fun evening. I was uncertain how to broach the subject, so I was relieved when a friend asked innocently, How are things between you and V?" I sensed a peculiar tightness in my throat My hands trembling, heart racing Was this the onset of an anxiety attack? I looked all around The bar was getting a little too crowded for me Then I broke Rivers came pouring out of my eyes as I choked on my own saliva, words, and sadness. I could feel myself crying out to the very last breath, almost blacking out before sucking another deep, heavy air in, then suffocating myself in tears again. It was not a silent affair. It was loud, ugly, and attention-grabbing. It was one that turned a bar of hedonistic scums into concerned citizens as they saw me crying and mumbling to myself. Between each choking episode, I kept trying to explain what happened, that we're getting a divorce, that all was lost, my life ruined. It was a cruel one-way conversation between me and the bar as my friends struggled to contain the situation. In the end, they couldn't and I spent the rest of the night cross-faded, bouncing between a drowning agony of emotions and the self-isolating thoughts of my future. Most of my friends didn't know then and neither did I that I would spend the next one year with the uncanny ability to almost cry on command whenever we broached the topic. It didn't matter if we were alone in a corner, surrounded by strangers in a busy coffee shop or within the constricting corporate walls of an office. I would feel the same piercing emotions every time. It was January 2020 when she broke the news and in October that year, the divorce was finalised. During this tumultuous period, my thoughts and feelings swung between conflicting narratives. Some nights, I berated myself, convinced that I had sabotaged our relationship with one foolish mistake. On other occasions, I suspected she might have been unfaithful, thinking perhaps she had just been waiting for a reason to leave. There were even times where I felt intense resentment burning with anger. After all, it was her who had proposed marriage to me. How could she be so cold-hearted? It would take another two years before everything started making sense to me. Only then would I store away her belongings in a box and stumble upon a letter she had sent me years prior about our relationship. I never opened it for reasons that I can't explain. Turns out she had grappled with the challenges of distance and the weight of everyone's expectations for quite some time. The letter wasn't accusatory. Instead it spoke of her feelings of entrapment and apprehension For an uncertain future. Reading it, I realised that while the party incident might have been a trigger, it wasn't the singular cause of our split. In reality, the relationship had demanded all her emotional energy, and she might have been exhausted, perhaps already dead for months on end. In some ways, she really did stay, till death did us part. I mused with a faint smile, placing the letter back in the box. It dawned on me that it was New Year's Day in Singapore. Reflecting on our past, I remembered that the only time V and I had actually celebrated New Year's was in Singapore. Compelled by nostalgia, I visited the beach where we once watched the fireworks together. Gazing at the vibrant bursts of colour, plagued with hues of orange, green and blue, I came to a realisation. This relationship had also drained me completely. I had just been oblivious to it. So, how does one make a long-distance relationship work? Perhaps the secret is to never have one at all. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Post Love, brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by OneUp Media. We'll be taking a short break and we'll be back with more episodes next month. In the meantime, if you have any of your own stories, drop us an email. Our email is found in the description.